Loving and gracious God, may only your truth, may only your wisdom be spoken here. Amen. I am an old woman, a very old woman, but not so old so as to be dismissed. So I will tell you my story, and I hope that you will hear it and hear in it a message of hope and a promise affirmed so that you, who have seen what these old eyes have seen and seen even more, will do the same. We'll tell the story, share the message, proclaim the promise, that you too will speak of this child, this child who is the redemption of Israel, the Messiah. My name is Anna. Hannah in Hebrew. I am an old widow, child of Phanuel, his daughter, and we are of the tribe of Asher. Those are my people. That is my clan. They are my tribe family. Since my husband died, I've stayed in the temple as a widow, well past the time of ritual impurity, no longer able to bleed, or considered by our customs as one who is unclean. I am well long past childbearing years. The temple is my home now, and my life. I live and pray there, spending all of my days in the temple, fasting and praying. So please excuse my skinny old bones. It's part of my prayer. Living in the temple, I keep my faith and my fuel and my hope fueled. And for well over 80-some-odd years, I have lived a long, long time. Now, some have called me a prophetess. I'm not sure about that. But I would be indeed honored to stand in the company of Deborah, that great judge, that military leader and prophetess, to stand with Huldah, who in the days of King Josiah verified the scroll that was found in the temple renovations to be indeed the word of God. Great and good women to stand with. Prophetesses in their own right. And I will take the title if you name me as such, because it is an honor. And I guess my experience in the temple, especially that particular day, fulfills the meaning of the title given. A prophet, a prophet is one who receives insight into things that are normally hidden to ordinary people. 
And yes, I have received this insight on occasion, and especially on that particular day. I was truly given an insight into what had indeed long been hidden, long awaited. Maybe another prophet from our tradition was correct. Maybe Amos had it right when he was on to something, when he said, Surely God Almighty, surely the Sovereign One does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. I surely know that after years and years of fasting and praying, something of God's plans were revealed to me. Old, dried up, skinny, widowed, old me. So never give up. And if you don't get anything else out of what I share today, perhaps the me- that's your message to receive. And it's a good start. But let me tell you the whole story. Let me tell you all about it. It really was just a day like any other. The temple was busy. People were coming and going, locals and pilgrims alike, come to make offering and to pray, to be received by the priests, or to make sacrifice for a thanksgiving or for atonement. It was the singular voice, the loud voice of a man that caught my ear and my attention. He was saying something, something about God letting him die because he was now at peace. He had now seen his salvation. I looked over to where the loud voice was coming from, this voice of prayer and exaltation, to see a man known in Jerusalem not a daily visitor to the temple, but he was devout and faithful, holy and righteous. His name was Simeon, and he held a newborn child in his arms. Now, priests often did this when a firstborn male child was presented according to the rites and rituals of the law. A firstborn son is made holy to God and offered presented in the temple. So seeing a holy man holding a newborn and singing was not unusual, really. But the words he spoke, these were words that were personal, a prayer that came from a heart that had been longing, prayers offered to a God who had given him his long-for Life longed for fulfillment, and I was drawn to the gratitude in those words and to the man with the babe and the whole tableau of the family, the parents standing somewhat bewildered by this stranger holding their son, his voice and the child both lifted up in praise, prayer, and song, and so I came closer. And as I came closer, I listened. Listened to what the old man was praying. Now, I may be old, but my ears are still good. He wasn't whispering at this point. He was praising God and saying, I can die in peace. 
because you have fulfilled the promise that I would see your salvation before death. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the presence of your people, here and now, in this place, a light of revelation, a light of revealing for the Gentiles, for those inside and outside the covenant, a light to and for all. Glory for your people Israel, light for all, salvation has come. Clearly he was speaking about the child he held in his arms. And then he lowered the child and turned back to the parents and blessed them. And then I saw Simeon lean into the child's mother. Oh my, how young she was. How attentive to his words. How hungry was her expression to understand. She watched his face with such longing as he spoke quietly to her. And just as I came up close enough to overhear Simeon's hushed words now being spoken, the mother took the child from his arms and pulled back suddenly as if she'd been struck. A sword will pierce your own soul too, was the phrase I overheard, words from which she recoiled. I saw her, and I caught her eye, this child mother herself. First time in religious community in 40 weeks. I took in the father too with my gaze, who had now a protective arm around the mother and the babe, and I looked at them both. I looked at these parents. I looked at them with my ancient eyes, and I smiled in warmth and welcome. I knew this was not the normal unfolding of the pattern for the ritual of presentation of a firstborn. This was different. This was not routine. They were experiencing something different from other first-time parents in the temple who brought their boar child. And they looked terrified. I tried with my gaze to reassure them and give them strength and comfort in their bewildered astonishment at the words just spoken by Simeon. And then I looked at the child. I rested my ancient eyes on the babe, and I saw, too, what Simeon had seen, a quick intake of breath, a gasp, oh my! This is the light. This was God's promise fulfilled. This child, this child was the one. This, this is the promised one. I simply knew it. It was revealed. I looked at the parents again, nodded in thanks, saying nothing, simply offering a deep bow and a silent prayer of thanks. No words. No words yet, just silent thanks. I was saving my voice, saving my voice for the others to tell, to share, to proclaim, to announce that the one they had been longing for had come, 
Redemption was here. I had news to share with the waiting and searching ones. I guess if I wasn't a prophetess before this, I was a prophetess then. I had been given the gift of sight and seeing. Something long hidden was now revealed. A revelation was given. God revealed to me his promise in this child, and I needed to share it with those who had been searching. And it was invigorating. It was like I had a whole new lease on life. These old bones, these old eyes, this tired ancient heart was galvanized into praise and witness to tell the story, to share the news. Unlike Simeon, who was ready to go in peace, and thanks be to God that we each have our own journey in this life and faith, I was not ready to go yet. I had news to share, and people who had been longing for redemption were to be found so that I could tell them that it was here, tell them that God's promise is fulfilled, that this old bag of ancient skinny bones who stayed in the temple for 80-some-odd-odd years had seen the salvation of God. God keeps doing things showing a partiality to the old and to the very young, engaging us in his work. Praise God. Praise God. So there it is. An old, prayerful, skinny woman got to see God's salvation. And today I simply want to share my story with you so that you too who have seen this promise fulfilled, seen it right up to the end. The child, the man, the teacher, the Messiah, the crucified one, the risen one, you've seen even more than me. And some of you are my age and older. Well, snap! We have news to share, and there are people still out there searching for the redemption of Jerusalem for the salvation of the world. And we've seen him. We know him. You are about to commune with him in his transformed meal of salvation, the fulfillment of God's promise of eternal life given through his body and blood. And none of us will see death because of it, because of him. We can indeed, like Simeon, die in peace without fear and live in fullness until then, sharing the news and telling the people who sit in darkness that light shines, that God reigns, that love and life abolish hate and death, all in a wee babe, brought to the temple by a mother who came to be cleansed and purified, and by a father who was fulfilling the expectations of the covenant to consecrate his firstborn son to Yahweh. Proclaim to you by this old, ancient prophetess, 
named Anna. One of the first to name and pronounce him as Messiah. None of us are too old to share this light. None of us too feeble or too hopeless. Every candle that burns proclaims it. Every life that is changed by Messiah continues the revelation of God's salvation. Go into God's world and share this with all those who look for it, who long for it. As one saved by the light, by the child, we cannot keep it to ourselves. So my fasting is over, and I'm hungry. And I understand there's a table here in this place, a table where this Savior provides food and drink from heaven that promise eternity. And this skinny old prophet, well, she's hungry. So let's feast so that we can go out of this place and share the good news of salvation with the world. Amen.